Hello everybody and welcome back to Shield Bash. This is Mark. I'll be your GM and host for the day and to my right, Will playing Uko. Hi, this is Jason and I'd like to speak to you about this week's sponsor, Pete's Chicken Ranch. Come join us for a good old time and some old-fashioned down-home cooking here at Pete's Chicken Ranch. We'll be seeing you. Curtis playing Donk, the once nearly dead but now revived. Glad to be back. Pete playing Nat Loomis, and five five-hour energies has perked me up. Five? Yeah. He's good for 25 hours. Yeah, can't you hear his heartbeat from here? <laughs> <laughs> it must be the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's idling I, like I thought it was the lawnmower. <laughs> and, and I'm Britt over here um, playing Balmy Taker. Balmy Taker, your Armageddon. favorite dwarf. Happy holidays. What's the next holiday? Uh, when this one comes out at end of April, May Day? Yeah, May Day. Sure, why not? May Day, May Day, we're going down. Oh, sorry. Or, I mean, if you want, like, real holidays, quote-unquote, uh, 4th of July, I think. Yeah, let's go with that. I like that better. Way more good. Way off, though. I kind of like May Day. It's always... We're just ahead of the game, man. Entertaining. It's all good. Grew up with, uh, delivering the flowers and stuff to random houses throughout town. Oh, and uh, I believe there's a family that still does that in town that uh, may have some little ones. Talking about May Day? I, I thought you were talking about the wonderful parades of all the military uh, hardware and stuff that went... Oh, wrong country. Sorry. Dude. Whoa. So, yeah, we do we do still do May Day <laughs> baskets. Uh, you know, what is, what is May Day? I'm sorry. I'm totally oblivious to that one. I, you know, I don't actually know what the... The holiday celebrates. Uh, I just know that my kids take paper plates and make them into little comb baskets and color them a lot and then fill them up with candy and staple some strings to them and hang them on people's doorknobs. I think originally it was supposed to be like a, a welcoming, welcoming of spring into the into the area, but That's nowadays it's more like a welcoming of the lack of spring. Well, it's the whole thing that we don't celebrate any- anymore. It's like... What Beltine, I think, is what they call it. We had the the Maypole, and you, everybody danced around it. It was held in the village square. It was the you know rebirth of the of the earth um, after the long winter, and uh-huh. uh, that was where the whole you know it's spring and love is in the air because the festivals would usually end up in you know. Okay, so kind of a. I- Solstice almost thing. I yeah. feel like it's yeah. more of a farming tradition, kind of like here's some candy. Now get your ass in the fields and plant. <laughs> Legit. So I googled it, and Will got it in the first try. It is a uh, beginning of spring festival. Will is young, but he's wise. Wise beyond his years. Y- you know what I find funny about that is where they probably originally celebrated this in May. It might actually be spring. Maybe. But it's not really spring here in May. Well, it could be. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, it could be still winter. <laughs> yeah. Just depends. On what, yeah, what, I don't think it has been in a couple of years. Maybe I'm just not used to it anymore. Hey, it was, it was 67 the other day in the middle of February. So, I mean, you know, May could be 22 below. You know, we don't know. It's Illinois. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yep. I was actually talking to a guy at work about, um, so I got family what, that lives in Washington State, right? Washington State is a very weird place to be in the summer because you will wake up and it is 30 degrees outside. Fucking cold for the summer. But by the time it's noon and the sun has crested the mountains, it's 75 degrees. Well, yeah. I mean, weather like that, um, anytime the mountains, it, it changes on a dime and, and stuff. And several years ago, I was on a motorcycle trip with some friends and we were coming to the Continental Divide and we were getting ready to go down into the high desert of Oregon. But we were up at altitude, and it was raining, and it was cold. I mean, I'm talking like 33 degrees with rain. But it was the weirdest thing because we went to the scenic overlook, and you could look down into the into the high desert, but on the mountains. And it was like sun shining, and the rays were coming down through the clouds, and and it looked it looked to me like the Wizard of Oz. You know, like you're you're in black and white here on the mountain, and then there. There in the valley of the high desert, it was, it was beautiful sunshine and waves of grain. And I'm like, hey, guys, look. Look down there. It's warm down there. Let's go there and get off this fucking mountain. For it. So we got, we got back on the bikes, and we're, we're coming down the twisty road out of the mountains. About 110. Yeah, and we got and we got down to about about thirty five hundred 
between you know 3,500 and 3,000 feet above sea level and all of a sudden it was like somebody turned a switch like we, we went through a thermal climb like that the wind turned warm it was like a blow dryer we're all taking our helmets off and shaking our hair out we're like oh my god I'm, I'm warm again we went from 33 to 78 in about 3,000 4,000 feet and it was amazing Stopped the first gas station, filled up, took all our rain gear off. And we're like, yay, yay. And everybody had sinus troubles. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get your ears to pop. <laughs> Who did not get a hero point? I think. There uh, we go. Jason's the only one Jason who used got one. Got one back. I think uh, Booker over there is the only one that used it. Booker. Bridger. <laughs> Bridger. <laughs> Something with a B. Bridger. You're, you're the, the Booker. He's the Bridger. Dude, that's my gig. You know? What about hookers? Find your own. Now, one thing to bring up here, um, I was doing a shop talk show with a guy who, who plays in second edition. He he talked about uh, one of the house rules that they have for hero points, and I, I thought it was very interesting. I wanted to bring it up to you guys, because they, they make fun of their, their original hero points, call them math points. <laughs> uh, the way they use their hero points is instead of re-rolling, you can cash it in. To raise or lower the success condition of a, of a roll. So if you roll and you're like, oh, I hit him, but this is the big bad guy. I'm going to cash in my hero point and now it's a critical hit. Or, oh, he passed the save on that spell I'm casting, but I really need him to fail. Cash in my hero point and now it's a failure. Or I really need him to really suck at this failure to crit failure. I wanted to know what you guys' opinion was because I think that's a really cool idea. It's interesting. I'm assuming they still use it for the other intended purposes, like uh, getting up off the ground and stuff like that. I cannot confirm that. Gotcha. I think that'd be a lot more swingy than PF2 already is, especially with the way that, that Neil rolls. And, you know, I mean, oh, look, I almost got a crit. I'll get another crit. Then I'll get a crit on this next roll. And then I'll get a crit on that roll, too. I mean, I can see Neil, like, chaining Neil three crits. Only, only crits. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, he can only use it once. He's only got one. One hero point. Right, but what I'm saying is, though, is Neil's going to roll 20, yeah. and his next attack he's going to roll another 20, and then the next attack he's he's not going to hit because, oh, look, my hero point, boom, I hit again, and the die, guy de- dies. That would be horrible. So maybe everybody but Neil could use that, uh, <laughs> you know, that house rule, you know. Sorry, dude, we voted against you. <laughs> Anytime Neil uses it, it drops the level of success. <laughs> there you go. I like that one better. I just don't know why you're so worried about it. He's hardly ever here anyway. Well, that's true. I mean, that's true. But it's like listening to uh, to the last episode we recorded before I got here today. Neil, like, I think he rolled like two or three crits in that episode. I'm like, God, that guy. But I was rolling really bad, so I think he was sucking my luck. So you know, he was a luck sucker. <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't sit next to him. <laughs> I can't help it. This is where I got put when I showed up the first. That time. That explains so. why Nath is a shadow boxer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, you're, you're oh, in the, no, you're, no. There's no. There's no truth to that. Will, you're okay. Just stay there. You're in the aura, <laughs> the aura of Neil. Yeah, the rest of us have assigned I seats. I got an idea. <laughs> Mark and Will just kind of slotted into where there was space. You're, you're in the no luck zone. You notice the rest of us that game with Neil don't sit next to him. Yeah, I noticed I noticed that. I'm like, huh. Yeah, coincidentally, uh, on our Saturday night groups that you guys aren't part of, the two spots you're in are not any of our spots either. Uh, no, that's not coincidental. That's exactly what we're saying. This is intentional. <laughs> I just thought it was Neil smelled. I wasn't sure what was going on. Now it makes more sense. Yeah, we have our part-time trade-off people sit there. That way uh, we don't have to worry about the... Uh, <laughs> also known as cannon fodder. Yeah, shit. <laughs> now they're going to know. Uh, Brent's cannon fodder. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought of naming a character that. I thought that would be... <laughs> Cannon fodder? Yeah. That's your strategy, though. If you take Neil and you go to a, to a con, you sit him next to the GM. <laughs> True story. Yeah, that's, that's cool. He's like, he's like the cooler on that one show where you know, the gambler, the guy, the guy would go in and sit at the table when it got hot and their luck would just go away. You just got to gotta pronounce it really strong. Look, so it's like, Canon fodder. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, be French. I am a canon of fodder. I want to be honest. I think that's what we should call Neil from now on. Or it could be like Dutch. Yeah, I'm a canon fodder. <laughs> <laughs> or you could go the uh, the Scotch rats like, I lad, I was a canon of fodder. Like the what? like the Italian bird. I <laughs> 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 fucking door. <laughs> 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 fucking door. I'm not going to go there. It. 
<laughs> I'm a watching that fucking bar. <laughs> if you don't make Pezcock an actual player character in one of our games, you've lost an opportunity because he cracks me up. Oh, and then Jason's laugh that whole episode. <laughs> oh. Like, oh my god, man! I was even editing it. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, crap! I think we all. Ha- I don't. I don't think Neil had a lot of fun with that one because he didn't have a lot of characterization to to fall back on. But everybody else just seemed to really love doing that one. Oh my god, and the callbacks. I mean, the the jokes from the old one and the new jokes and I mean I would just I'd be like, Oh my god, that's hilarious. And I didn't even realize at the time we were doing it and it was listening to it again, I was like, That's funny. I'm gonna be honest, I thought Neil did a wonderful job characterizing Jarwin. <laughs> Hi guys, it's me, Jarwin. <laughs> did you get kicked in the balls? <laughs> I just imagine that it's one of those things where he doesn't hear his own voice. Like <laughs> Like when we're hearing Jarwin when we're actually playing that, we're hearing Jarwin's thought process of how Jarwin sounds. So what you're saying is he's always sounded like that. We've just never noticed. Yeah, because because ultimately it's all in Jarwin's mind. Oh, I love that. Headcanon. That's the way Jarwin sounds from now on. (laughs) Hey, baby. How you doing? Mickey Mouse wannabe. And that's why he's not a singing bard. He's a dancing bard. When he starts somebody, <laughs> when he starts singing, people start literally dying on the sides of the road, <laughs> ears bleeding, exactly. knocked unconscious. It's so high, he broke my glasses. Coincidentally, high pitched noises, I can't hear. Oh, you'll be safe then. So, like, uh, we have the infinite home. Well, with Rachel's surgery, I've been taking over when I get home from work until like two o'clock in the morning until the thing finally goes to sleep. <laughs> The thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> it has this rage scream that is very high pitched. I was in the nursery with it the other day, and it's looking at me with its white mouth wide open. I'm like, "You okay?" <laughs> and all of a sudden, Rachel comes running up into the room and goes, "Are you gonna do anything about her?" <laughs> what do you mean? She's just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was yawning, honey. Wow. For a minute straight. <laughs> that's, that's what that smell is. Jesus. Ah, that's great. My bad. That's great. Yeah, Pete's in there trying to play charades with the baby. If, uh, you want a bottle? You want a bottle? If no. you work for Child and Family Services and you're listening to this podcast episode, this is a total fabrication and this is just a bit that we do on the show. Two bottles. You want two bottles? Is that what that is? No. no. Sounds like elbow. Hey, Pete, how high does it have to get? Can you hear this? Higher than that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're talking or just moving your mouth, but no, I can't hear that. <laughs> just I like your baby. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We have fun. Well, some of us have fun. Apparently babies, not not so much. Well, it depends on if they're getting fed a, um, a tooth grimscar or not. <laughs> That's right, and uh, and and Toof is uh, still laying back in the corner uh, where he fell. Uh, they Serves g- him they right. couldn't couldn't rouse him, and they had moved on after they had eluded the room up the top of the three stairs to the north, and they are now confronted with it looks like four four kobolds, and one is sitting on a large ornate throne that looks more at home in the temple that you guys found downstairs. But it's up here somehow, or down here somehow, and the uh, the female kobold queen yelled just as we were getting ready to end the last episode. Kill the intruders! Kill them! They will be great food for the baby! I thought she yelled, we surrender, and threw her weapon down. Well, you don't speak draconic, and after you thought that, Bridger, Bridger set you straight. So, <laughs> so yes, surrender and kill are very close in the kobold language. We keep hearing it's like there's all this gibberish, and then there's the word baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby, baby. We have honestly missed out on a tactical opportunity. We could have thrown Tooth into the room first. <laughs> we have brought food for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's start with 
Roll for initiative. Hey, Mark, too. Uh, it looks like there's a hole in the middle of this room. Is that accurate? Yes, that is a huge pit that I described last time. I'm sorry. Let me just read the whole thing. Well, that's just the pit. As you walk to the top of the stairs, a gaping pit opens to the floor in the center of this large nat- natural chamber. And on the far side, a ledge overlooks the entry. And atop this ledge is an ornate stone throne that looks entirely out of place in this room. And upon it is a regal kobold wearing an oversized crown made of polished fish bones. She snarls at the guards around her and tells them to kill the intruder. They will make great food for the baby. You know the uh, plan that I, I discussed, Pete, of assisting you in doing more damage? Yeah, don't worry about it. Well, <laughs> since, since you're obviously done there, Uko, what did you get for your uh, a roll? Eight. Oh, a good strong eight. What about Donk? 21. Nice. Nat. Oh, that's me. That's you. 14. And Balmy Taker. 25. Wow. And Bridger. 18. 18. Strong work. Strong work. Turns out Neil's spirit is all that's required for me to have bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) The chair still smells like it. It's the aura of Neil. Yeah. All right. So the, uh, the order is going to be... Bomby Taker, followed by Donk, then uh, two kobolds, the ones at the foot of the stairs. In a trench coat. Bridger. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were in trench coats. And then we're going to have another kobold that's up by the throne. Nat, big boss lady kobold on the throne. And finally, Uko bringing up the rear. I get to go before the chick on the throne. Yes, Killer. yes, you do. But first, Bomby Taker. You have won the jump on these kobolds. What are you going to do? How uh, tall is that wall there? That wall is about 10 feet high. Until next turn when it's like 15? And then the turn <laughs> no, after no, that no, no. It's That's 20. not a bridge. It's a ledge. There's oh, a big oh, difference. Oh, okay. Got it. All right, Bommy. So you moved up uh, around the pit um, to the uh, to the west and came up on the goblin at the foot of the, or the goblin, the kobold. At the foot of the stairs. The goblin's that, still back in the passageway. That was two actions to get there. Yes, you have one action so left. I'm going to swing. Yeah, he is flat-footed, so he will be uh, flat-footed nice. to you. He hasn't went yet. All right. So that, all together, um, ought to be... I'll get there yet. Yeah, uh, 21? That is a hit, sir. Does that look right? 17, 18. No. Which weapon are you using? Dueling sword. I can't hardly see it because of the microphone. <laughs> all right, so... So it's just a plus four, right? That makes it 17 to hit. But I got a plus one for leveling up, right? Only if you're proficient in that weapon. Oh, okay, so it doesn't count here. So it's a 17? 17, I'm sorry. Yeah, that doesn't hit, I'm sorry. Okay. Just, just barely missed. If you'd been proficient with it, you would have. Just a hair outside. And that that is your third and final action, so you are done, sir. Donk, you just saw your your dwarf buddy ran up there uh, trying to attack one of these kobolds. All right, I've got a got the hole in the floor. I have to go around. Yes, or you could try to jump it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Try that. <laughs> I approve of this message. This message brought to you by Pete's Chicken Ranch. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to think of how hard it would be to jump that. How do we calculate jumps in Tui? So you have to move at least ten feet before jumping, unless you have a feet, and then uh, you roll acrobatics. Uh, no, athletics, right? Athletics for the jump. Yeah. And you can move as many feet as the total on the uh, check, except you cannot move farther than your movement speed, right? Correct. If you want to leap across, you're going to jump horizontally 10 feet. 15 feet if your speed is 30, but you have to have a running start. That's okay. I went around and was able to do that with a single move. Awesome. And then I can see him, so I get plus 2 to my AC against him. And I am going to twin faint. Well, he's already flat-footed because you have went before. Oh, okay. Then I'll just hit him twice. Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully. That is a 22 to hit. That is a hit, sir. That is seven points of damage. Wait a second. Seven points of damage plus I get a D6, right? Because he's... Yes. Flat-footed? Yes. So that's another two for nine points of damage. He still snarls at you. Even more angry than the first time. The second attack is an 18. That is hit. For eight points of damage. Wow. Good, good turn. That that kobold goes down 
in a fountain of blood. <laughs> Baby! I scream it at the queen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that happened. Uh, good job, Donk. Um, the other one, he is right there in front of Bommy who tried to attack him. So he's going to try to attack Bommy first. And that is a total of... He is targeting you. Okay, I'm going to activate dodge. Okay, well he got a 15. That's probably probably going to miss you. That's going to miss. Alright, he is going to try one more. And that was horrible. He misses that. And then he decides that he's going to do a hurried retreat. And he is going to leave that area and scamper up the stairs. And that is the end of his turn. And it is now Bridger's turn. Uh, the kobold who's standing next to the queen, does, his little pawn has a uh, crossbow. Does he himself have oh, a crossbow? Oh, yes. All three of them, you notice, have crossbows and, uh, and short swords. They are strapped. These are the elite of the kobold tribe. So Bridger moves up to that hole. Uh, roughly how deep is it? Can I see the bottom? Yeah, you've got dark vision, so you can see the I bottom. I do not. Oh, you don't? Nope. Oh, well, then you can't see the bottom. But it's, okay. it's, it's down there. In that case, fancy right hand of the queen there. I'm going to need him to make a fortitude save. How about a 21? Oh, fuck. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's just, <laughs> you know, with the way they ran spellcasting in this, everybody always, pretty much always is going to save shit. So, um, nothing happens, and my turn is over. Okay. Yeah, she's not going to waste a... She's not going to waste a... She's just going to note that, but she's not going to waste a action on it. Um, so now it is the one standing there, and since he knew you, you pointed at him and nothing happened, he is going to shoot you with the crossbow that he has uh, loaded in his little his little claws. That is a 24, sir. Not a crit. Not a crit, but it did hit, correct? Uh, yeah, dude. We're second level. <laughs> hey, that is eight points of piercing damage. And you see him quickly ratchet it again. And uh, he's going to, let's see. He just saw the goblin kill his friend. He's going to shoot the goblin. Can I see him? You can see him. Good. And that is a total minus that. So that is a 22. Shit, he hits me. Yeah. Oh, God. Six points of piercing damage as the crossbow bolt slams into you, Donk. And that is his turn. He shot, he ratcheted, he shot. So yes, that is his turn. And it's Nat's turn now. So Nat is going to study the queen chick. Okay. Um, so that's hunt prey as an action. Okay. Nat is then going to cast a spell called gravity bow, or gravity weapon. And then Nat is going to use hunted shot to fire twice at her. And she will have cover because you are behind Bridger. Even with her being raised 10 feet? Yeah, because you're really short. I'm going to use my hero point to reroll my second shot. <laughs> All right. So the second shot, I think, is going to miss at a 14. Yes. But my first shot is a crit. Oh, that's not good. For 16 damage. Oh, she gasps in pain and coughs up some blood, but she is still alive. She doesn't look great. But she's still there. So Nat will then say, A preacher, would you translate? Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Nat, was that your turn? That was all three actions. Okay, awesome. She uh, <laughs> did not like that at all. And uh, she sees all of you there. Except for she can't really see Bommy because he's at the base of the wall. So she's going to wave her hands at you. And three, three little sparks of light come out towards Bommy. Or not Bommy, but uh, Donk, Bridger, and you, Nat. And you all get hit with a magic missile. Donk, you take two points. Bridger takes two points. And Nat, you take three points of magical damage. As she pew, 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 all you guys, and that is her turn. Uko, you're up. Uko is going to move forward first and get a survey of the battlefield here. Okay. Stopping right next to Bridger. I'm guessing nobody looks like they're about to die. Except for the queen. Yeah, you can heal her if you want. Other than the queen, Uko will drop his chain out of his uh, the robe uh, arm and uh, spin it and throw a divine lance. 
Alright, spinning up the Divine Lance. Nope, 13. Nope, just kind of whizzes right past and impacts the back of the throne above her head. And that'll be it for Uko. Alright, top of the order, we're back up to Bommy Taker, who is at the base of the stairs. You just saw um, a lot of stuff go flying over your head, mm -hmm. and uh, you saw that, that kobold scamper up the stairs like a little chicken. Mm -hmm. And I'm regretting saying anything about that, because I thought maybe there was a chance I'd have an attack of opportunity. Do you have that feat? Okay, so, yeah, no. Different edition. <laughs> Never mind. It's okay. Right. It happens. Looks like I need to give chase. Oh, with one move. Yep. I can get up to him. Yep. I'll take a swing. All right. Swing away. 16 on altogether. Ooh, yeah, you missed. So close. And we'll go again. Natural 20. Well... That uh, that was your third right. attack. Right. So you take off the 10. That would have been a 10, so it would have missed. But since it's a natural 20, that would make it a hit. But it is not a crit. Hit, but not a crit. Yeah. Gotcha. But you did get a hit, so that's good. Nice. That was a second attack because he moved. Second attack was when he hit me. He missed the first third, time. Third so action. He walked up. Yeah. He attacked. He attacked. He attacked again, so it would be a minus 5, not a minus oh, 10. Oh, that's true. There you go. So it would be a 15. Okay. Which would still be a mess, but it's a hit because... Well, he gets a, he gets a bonus. You get, like, what, plus four? Mm -hmm. So would a 19 normally hit? What did you, did you get a 19? What's your total on the roll if you take off the five? 24. So 19. That is a hit. Okay. So that is a crit. So okay. there you go. Okay. Didn't math is important. Yeah, math math is math is important, though. Who is math? You just got to remember all your factors, No, not man. math. Math. Oh, sorry. All right, so I roll twice or I double what I got? I forget. You double your total... So add your add your uh, take your die roll, add your bonus for whatever you have, strength mm -hmm. or dex, however mm -hmm. you're doing mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and then you double that. All right, twenty two. Did it have a deadly die? Mm, not flanking or yeah, anything. So no, twenty two. Okay. Twenty two points. Wow. Yeah. Boom. He fell down. Really? So another one bites the dust, and you are out of actions, Donk or uh, Bonnie. So that makes it it's Donk's turn. These fellers ain't so tough. I'm attacking the guy, the kobold that oh, is immediately you're, you're my... dabbing the kobold immediately t adjacent to yeah, you. Yeah, twin faint on him. All right, faint him. That's probably not going to do much. That's an 11. Yeah, that's not a hit, so your twin faint fails. And my second attack is a uh, 12. That also misses, so you are donezo. All right. Bridger, you're up. Oh, Bridge is going to get a new spell going, and he's going to be like, oh, Guys, uh, we're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And uh, he does this. It's called Infectious Enthusiasm. And what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to choose a plus one to my will saves. Nope, no, it's got to be the same bonus. Never mind. I'm going to take a plus one to my attack rolls. Any ally who observed me casting the spell and is within 30 feet can take a single action of the concentration trait to gain the same bonus until the start of my next turn. So on your turns, you can take an action to get a plus one to your attack rolls. Awesome. So and that's then, uh, that's Uko and Nat get that, correct? Yep. Awesome. And then I will take an action uh, to cast shield. So a nice buff for two of his uh, his compatriots, and uh, and then he passes it on with a shield, and it is now... The number, the third one up there, it's his turn. And he has a goblin right in front of him, so he's going to try to stick good old Donk. No, he's not. He's going to miss me. How about a 19? That will miss. Whew! Just, just missed. He's going to try that one more time. And that is going to be worse. And his last one, he is going to swing for the fences. Nope. Three swipes, three misses, as uh, old Donk ducks, dives, dips, and dodges. And uh, it is Nat's turn again. Now, Bridger, you said any ally? So uh, Nat will concentrate on Bridger's words. Okay. And then um, hunted shot at the queen again. Okay. Well, how's a 19 do, man? That hits. The other one will miss. It's only six damage. Oh, that hurt, but she is not down yet. And then with third action, I'll shoot again. Meanwhile, Donk is screaming and goblin. Baby! <laughs> <laughs> Miss. 
just a bit outside as the arrow sticks in the uh, in the throne above her head. There's the windup. He pitches, and it's just a bit outside. And that is the end of uh, of Nat's turn. You see the Cobalt boss. She's got she's got two arrows sticking in her. She's not having a great day. This is not how she thought this was going to go. She reaches into her pouch and pulls out a familiar red bottle, and she drinks it healing herself you see some of her wounds close and the blood slow down and then she begins to look at donk don't look at donk and waves her hand and it's like shadows coalesce around her eyes and teeth become like fire and you need to give me a will save sir that is a 22 well that sucks for me um baby you uh you're managed to uh shake off the worst effect um however you did uh, succeed so you're still frightened one so you're gonna take a negative one penalty on all your attack rolls saving throws and uh, other things as you're affected with fear fear one you said right yes fear one i fear no one oh you fear one person <laughs> right now for a minute go kill her bomby all right and that is the end of her turn it's uko's turn uko is going to take a step back in between nat and bridger don't like those magic missiles, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> and then cast Bless. Oh. And say to Nat, Nat, move up so you can get a better shot. But stay near me. Wise words once again from Uko. And at the end of his turn, that brings us back to the top of the order, an old bomby taker. Up the top of the stairs, uh, almost to the top of the stairs, and you have Donk adjacent to you, and you can see the, uh, the other two kobolds up there a little further. So is is flanking directly across, or do we just have to be on opposite sides of the opponent? You, you have to. It's just like flanking has always been flanking. Flanking is flanking. Wait. So is it flanking the way flanking's always been, or flanking the way everybody always plays flanking? Because those are two drastically different well, things. It's supposed to be adri- directly across from each other. All right. Two moves puts me directly next to the throne and the queen. Well, the throne's between you and the queen. So if you want to stop there she's going to have a lot of cover because it's a large stone throne or wooden stone. Okay, so let me get this straight. Doors don't have any facing in Pathfinder, but chairs do. It's between you and the it's between you and the uh just fucking with you, dude. And the person. I still got move in that second move. How about right there? Yeah, that'll get you. Can, Wait, that, you, can, that, that you can strike around the the throne cuz it's not like a box, it's just a back and arms. Okay. Pushed it over onto her. Well, yeah. That would have been great. Thinking about it, Attach the C4. Not sure the, <laughs> me- 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 the mechanics in this uh, edition. So. Would have been an athletic check. We'll get her down that hole yet. Right, so taking a swipe. Get her, Bommy. 17? 17, you say? Yes. Yes. She zigged when she should have zagged, and you stuck her. Nice. <laughs> Minimum of five damage. Oh, she's not dead yet. That's real. But I got faith. I got faith in you. And that's in a Bonnie's turn. Donk, you are up. All right. You have a very seriously injured uh, queen goblin. Her her crown of fish bones is askew off one side of her little horn. Uh, the other one is there. He doesn't appear to be injured. It's uh, kind of directly there next to you. Yeah, because he was a slippery little fucker last he round. He was. He's, he's, he's mine this round. Slid. I'm going to kill him. Kill him. Do it. Let's start with a twin faint. A twin faint. Shit. That is a 13. 13 misses. The second attack is a 22. That hits. For five points of damage. Ow, he didn't like that. And we're going to swing for the fences. Crit fish. That is not a crit. Probably didn't hit. No, it's a 13. No, yeah. 14. Yeah, nope. Not, not good enough. But that was a good, strong round. Bridger, you are up. And I scream baby. <laughs> Uh, the little green one is constantly repeating the word baby. Uh, I think he may have a concussion. <laughs> uh, so Bridger is going to do two spells and move. First thing, guidance on um, uh, Uko, since he's the only one he can reach right now. Well, actually, let me double t- that doesn't have any sort of range, does it? I think it's yep. touch. It? Oh, it is. No, it's 30 feet. It's 30 feet. Oh, there, there you that's go. That's awesome. Perfect. I'm going to do guidance. No, actually, no, no. I'm going to move. Can't reach anybody but people who are right by you. Otherwise, yeah. Good call. So Bridger boldly stro- strides up to the stairs. He's going to give guidance to Balmy, 
and then shield on himself. All right. So that was a move. Nice. One action and one action. Perfect. Yep. And then he's going to be like, uh, uh, donde esta el baby? And you hear in the kind, they both yell, baby! Yes. And one of them yells, usted. And Kay, uh, the, uh, the one next to the lady on the throne, she is going to stab Donk in the face. But not with that roll. That was horrible. Going to try one more time. I see her. Hey, that's a lot better. How about a total of a 25? Yep, that hits. 19 on the die. I like that. And that is a total Donk. Uh, not great damage, but enough to help out a little bit. That will be um, two points of damage as he sticks you with a short sword before you can slide sideways and uh he has got one more attack he's going to he's gonna say in draconic father queen how about an 18 does that hit you nope man that was pretty good for a third attack though i was i was happy with that one but he misses and now it is nat's turn i scream baby at him when he says for the queen he just looks at you (laughs) like what hopefully i'm getting on his nerves so uh nat steps to the side of Uko, Uko, to uh, get a better uh, view, uh, sightline on the queen. Plus one to your attack for bless. Oh, your uh, one spell only lasted around, right, Jason? Yes. Okay. And then I will. Uh, Nat will hunted shot at the queen. Twenty-one. That hits. I'm poor queen. Thirteen. Nope. No, I mean thirteen damage. Oh yeah, yeah. That's plenty. <laughs> no, I thought you were no telling me that she hit again. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> yeah. My other roll was a two on the die, so I wasn't going to bother with it. Yeah. Uh, you spit her right through her eye as she's getting ready to say something, and you, you'll never know what she was going to say. She falls dead. And then for my last action, I will shoot once at the other kobold. All right. See if you can hit that last guy. How's an 11 do? Yeah, not very well. In fact, you almost hit Donk in the head. But it was a good try. All right, so that was Nat. Uh, Uko, you're up. Uko steps up back next to the hole, walking around to the side, kind of following uh, Bridger, and then uh, spins his chain and throws a comet at the last guy. Which is a 20 to hit, not natural. That is a hit with a dirty 20. Well done. I don't know if it's a lot of damage, but it's 7 Seven. All right. Well, he's still up. That hurt. Uh, he's got a little burn smark sm- on his uh, scales, and he is not happy. But he's still he's still alive. And that is the end of your turn, correct? Yes. All right. Uh, well, top of the order. Back to Balmy Taker. Looks like I have to move five foot, huh? Yeah. You got one more guy there, and uh, he needs killing. Do you need some sort of a check to be in that square with the throne and the queen and? A- nah, cause she felt. She fell dead in the throne, so she could actually move right there in front of her. There's enough space. You're small. You can get there. Okay, so five-foot diagonal will get me where I want to be. Okay, let's do that then. And I think it's flanking. And it is flanking. And you have plus one from guidance. So you got all kinds of bonuses. You shouldn't be able to miss here. That's why <laughs> it's where I want it to be. Okay. Here. See if I just you. Now remember, Probably. you do not add for flanking. That's right. Right. Uh, 16 all together first swing. <laughs> that, that, that's that that's, much that's all together total. in total? Yeah. Yeah, that hits. Oh, sweet. Just, just hits. If you had a plus one, you would have missed. Yeah. <laughs> Take five. Hit, and sneak attack. And. Yep, yeah. yeah, a D6. Oh, make that 11. Hey, that is more than enough to bring the last kobold crashing down you guys have defeated the queen and her henchmen and you didn't lose anybody this time that's that's great so haven't they ever heard of parlay i don't think so now um you call the rest of the the group up i'm assuming to the top of the stairs i mean we're all here yeah Yeah. so you guys get to the top of stairs you look around you see the dead bodies of the kobolds you also now can see that to the west there is a smaller uh hole in the wall a little over kobold size, um, but you can't really tell what's in there. But behind behind the throne where she was sitting, you see a very nice bed and a ledge 
above the straw pallet, kind of like those uh, pallets that were in the other room. And uh, you see a rusty old iron chest sitting atop uh, the ledge. And atop that chest, there is a broken eggshell that appears to be almost two feet tall. It's ivory in color, and the shell has green veins running through it. It is clear that the pieces of the eggshell worn by the boss and many of the kobolds here came from this very egg. Now, although it's not entirely clear what was inside, there are large claw marks, bigger than any kobold could make, down one side of the inside of the shell. What would you like to do? Panic internally. I'm going to search the, the body of uh, the one that, that Balmy just dropped right in front of me. Uh, one, of the, one of the henchmen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, he has a short sword, um, he has a crossbow, and a couple of uh, small, to you would be javelins, you know, they're spears for him, um, and nothing else really on his person other than, you know, just that. Why would they be different? Hmm? You said javel- spears to him, but javelins to Donk, why would they be different? Well, they're not, oh, that's right, he's a goblin, I'm sorry, we used to be bigger, I guess. But yeah, so they're spears from the kobolds, like the ones you found before. Okay, well, I take anything of value off the body. Okay. And then I drag the body over to that hole in the wall. In the floor? Or whatever. There. You said there's a hole that's... Yeah, right there. Yeah. Behind behind uh, good old Bommy. I'm going to drop him down the hole and then watch to see what happens. Uh, yeah, he falls about 20 feet and splats onto the ground down there. Okay. Nothing happens? No, okay. I think we're, we've got some confusion. Are you talking about the cobalt-sized hole he mentioned? Yeah. Because that's in the wall. Yeah, that's wall, in wall. the wall. Okay. This one's in the floor. That's the one I thought you were talking about, the uh, dark hole there by the throne. The hole that's slightly larger than a cobalt would make is how you described it. The, in the wall. Yeah, yeah that's a doorway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you're going to drag the body over there, and when you get over there, you can see into the, the next room. You see, with your dark vision... Towering yellow mushrooms cover the floor of this vast cavern, some reaching over 10 feet in height, and they seem to admit a pale yellowish-green light, giving the entire chamber a subdued but eerie glow. You see several shattered remains of barrels and crates that have been torn open with their contents nowhere to be seen, scattered around the base of the mushrooms, and somewhere off to the far side of the chamber you can tell something is stirring and a faint snarl comes from the shadows. So do you chuck the kobold and run? Uh, yeah, at least that and step back. Okay, so with a, uh, with a, a thud, you throw the kobold in there and you back up away from the hole. What would everybody else like to do? Go have a look at that chest over there. Go have a look at the chest. So, Bommy, you're going to go over to the chest on the little shelf above the pallet. And uh, you see a rusty iron chest, but it does have a rusty iron lock attached to the hasp, and it appears to be locked. I think you're going to have to use thievery and some thieves' tools to open that. So now we'd move up to the platform where the queen and all them were and start trying to refocus. And Uko, you moved up next to the queen? Uko moved up behind the throne. He's preparing his medicine kit in case anybody needs healed. Bridger, what about you? Bridger is going to examine the queen, both her items, but also focusing on to see if she seems to have the same uh, enhanced draconic bloodline as some of the others we've encountered. Um, yeah, from all the blood and stuff that's covering her now because of the many wounds in her body, um, you do see that, uh, strangely enough, she was carrying a, only a staff, um, and you since she knew that she cast spells, um, she must have been some kind of wizard. Um, she seems a little bigger, a little more well-fed uh, than than the others. But uh, these kobolds that were with her are probably like the cream of the crop or their elites. That's why they were there. Uh, she doesn't really have anything of value on her um, except a small ratty collection of papers bound with, you know, like string and, and bark. It, you think it may be a simple spell book? Okay. So I think she's a wizard. Mm-hmm. So she would not have the magic in her own personal blood. So Bridger would just take the things and call mm-hmm. it that. Cool. Yeah, you got a uh, you got a little simple spell book. It only has fear and magic missile in it, and her cantrips: detect magic, ghost sound, mage hand, and ray of frost. Now, Bommy, you were getting your toolkit out. Yeah, I found them. How did you How did you do on the lock? Let's find out. 
Uh, all together, uh, an eight. An eight? An eight, you say? Uh, are you going to use that little golden coin, or...? I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, because otherwise you would have broke your uh, your lockpick. Well, don't worry, I got two. All right, well, you broke that lockpick, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't mean he rolled a two, he... No, I got 25. I've got two sets of lock... Oh, okay, that's not what I understood. So yeah. you got a 25 altogether? Yes. Oh, after after scaring yourself with the first attempt, uh-huh. uh, you uh, you you hear a, a grinding click, and the hospital lock opens up. You can Sweet. now open the chest. I do so. All right, and as you open the chest, you see in the bottom um, a silver bracelet with a fish pattern, a very old um, parchment that appears to be a map of some strange-looking dungeon. A finely wrought sword in a scabbard, mm. and um, a stick. It looks like maybe a willow, about a foot to foot and a half long, with some kind of carvings on it. Mm. Uh, two vials with uh, red liquids in there, mm. and a a hat, um, kind of a jaunty hat with a big ostrich plume in it. Nice. Hey, y'all found some stuff. No, oh, did you find anything? Uh, Come look. Might be useful. Uka look will, here. Uka will cast detect magic. Uka, when you walk up and detect, uh, cast detect magic, you notice that the scabbarded sword glows, the uh, willow stick glows, the two healing potions, of course, glow. You're familiar with those enough to know exactly what those are, and the jaunty hat with the ostrich feather glows also. Looks like we've got a plethora of magical items here. You hit the proverbial jackpot of the kobolds. Bridger kind of takes the staff and waves it in front of Uko's face, too, to see if it glows. No, the staff, yeah. unfortunately, does not glow. And he kind of looks at you like, what? It... it mm. <laughs> I mean, the other option was, I'd, like, I pick you up and, like, wave you around. I figured this would be more to your satisfactory, because last time I did that, you, like, you wouldn't talk to me for, like, three days. I would probably do the same if you had done that, yes. That's why I waved the stick at you instead of you at the stick. I'm learning. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> is there any way to determine what these items do? Why, yes. You can make a uh, recall knowledge check with Arcana, Occultism, Nature, or Primal, depending on your magical background. Um, yeah. So, does anybody want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> How many items are there? You could probably use religion on the uh, on the wand uh, there, Uko. Well, I'll I'll take the wand and stare it's at magical. Bridger, um, there is a sword and there is um, the hat, the jaunty hat. What did you get? The Uko? hat is fascinating. I got a twenty-two for the uh, for the wand. Hey, you notice that this is a wand of heal. Oh, this could be useful. It could be useful. What about you, Bridger? What did you get? Were you doing the hat or the sword? I was going to do the sword first, but I'm going to point out he got a 22. Mm-hmm. With the sword, I got a 21. And with the hat, I got a 20. Well, we're counting down with numbers. You guys did fine. All right, so, uh, Bridger, you um, you, you hold the sword. Um, you notice, uh, now that you're close enough, that it has the face of a dwarf um, worked right at the hilt in the guard. Um, it kind of looks like one of Bommy's cousins. And uh, as you pull it from the scabbard, it starts to smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it starts to smoke. <laughs> I know what you mean by that, but I'm picturing something else. <laughs> it just whips out a cigarette and the face starts smoking. And, yeah, yeah, what's okay. up, lizard man? It's, it's little, it's you little, want to stab a the, bitch? The, the, the Quillians <laughs> reach down into the hilt and pulls out a cigarette and lighter. Um, no, the, the sword, it's, uh, it's, it starts to... To constantly belch smoke. Um, this is a plus one magic longsword, and any hit with this sword will deal one extra fire damage. You can also use a special action while holding the sword to command the edges to light on fire. Um, and that's called stoking the flame. You concentrate on it, and uh, that's a, that's a, it takes an action to concentrate, but that makes the blade deal an extra 1d6 fire damage instead of just one. Now you can only use this action every 10 minutes. Did you say this sword has a name? It is a smoking longsword. Gotcha. 
I'm actually a little bummed about the ostrich feather hat because I was hoping to just be non-magical because that would be awesome <laughs> to have on my goblin around with this great big ass oversized hat. Well, the good news is it might still end up on your head. Once you take the, uh, you're kind of like, oh, that's cool. You take the uh, the hat out, um, and do you put it on, Bridger? No. Okay, you don't uh, put it let on. Let me check. Uh, not a negative wisdom score, so no. Okay, I don't just okay. randomly put on magic items. All right, so um, instead, you go ahead and plunk it down on Dong's head. Uh, what? And, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. But you do know that if you did, Donk could be somebody else or look like somebody else. This is a hat of disguise. Would I look like somebody? Would I even sound like somebody else, or would I still sound like a goblin when I talk? It says, this ordinary hat, which this one is just a jaunty, feathered, uh, you know, ostrich feather hat, allows you to cloak yourself in illusions, perfect for pretending to be someone you are not. Once a day, you can use the following activity. For one minute, an illusionary disguise, over the course of one minute, the hat changes your visual appearance to look like another type of creature you choose. Now, you're still roughly the same height and weight, and disguise doesn't change your voice, scent, or mannerisms, only your visual appearance. Um, it's not good enough to impersonate a specific person, um, but when setting up the disguise, you can magically alter the hat to appear as a comb, a ribbon, a helm, or any other common piece of headwear. If someone tries to see through the disguise, they need to take a seek action against your deception DC. And you get a plus four bonus to that, making your DC a total of 14 plus your deception skill. So not an inconsequential piece of gear. Does anybody need healed while we're doing all this? Yes. Me. Okay. <laughs> Can you do a three action? Um, I could. How many people need yield? Just two of you? Bommy, did you take any damage? Nope. Well, there we go. Uh, never mind. I'm, I'm actually down a little bit too, I think, actually. So, yeah, I am. So, we'll do a three action heal. See how that goes for us. While, while you're doing that, Mark, I, I have a mechanics question. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I think the answer is no, but I want to find out. So, Kay. I can use a scroll to teach my familiar a new spell. Okay. Would the spell book, since it's, I mean it's on paper, that probably doesn't constitute as a scroll for this? Though. No, this is an ac- this is actually her spell book. Yeah. If you had found scrolls in the chest, yeah. then that would totally oh. work. <laughs> I thought you said squirrel. You said scroll. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, how does that work exactly? So, so the talking squirrel teaches your uh, your flying <laughs> mode of of energy to cast spell. That's cool. I didn't know squirrels could do that. Hey, Bullwinkle, what you doing? <laughs> oh, watch me pull a rabbit out of this hat. This squirrel casts fear. You see a bunch of people running. This squirrel just comes bounding out behind them. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the nasty pointy teeth. Everybody uh, gain four hit points if you need to. The healing magic exudes throughout the area. I've got the healing touch. I can also. I've uh, got the magic in me. I can also medicine check somebody if they need it. Okay, uh, roll off. Oh. I would recommend uh, healing up uh, fully at this point if you're going to continue onward. If not, if you want to return to the uh, to the surface and rest, you could do we, that. We can take 20 minutes and I can heal you both, or we ah, can there you go. do the, the going back thing. Your guys' choice. Um, I, I don't see why in character we would go back. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll just take 20 minutes and heal you both. Uh, that's one success for, uh, let's say, Jason. Two. <laughs> so, while this is all going on, I'm keeping my eyes on the cavern or the the, the door archway. Let's call it an archway. Okay. Uh, and Donk, are you still in the doorway? Or did you back away? I backed away. Okay. How far did you back away? Far enough that I could see still, which I've got dark vision. I'm okay. assuming that's what is it? Sixty feet in this one. So I don't need to go the full sixty feet, but so I, like. Back back, back up by the party, yeah. I'd go back closer to the party, but I still want to see what's going on in that door. So so you and Bommy, I'm going to say Bommy, he was at the chest, Bridger's in the way. Bommy, do you want to move around Bridger to stand like... Yeah, it's been a little uh, while, right? Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. We found goodies, we looked at them, checked them out, blah, blah, blah. So the, the, two, uh, the two rogues are uh, looking uh, towards the doorway. Everybody else is doing their magic stuff. Uh, Uko is is doing the healing thing, slapping... Five back to Donk on that. Donk, you got five hit points back. As he's treating the second person after about 10 to 15 minutes, um, you you guys were kind of talking to each other and kind of looking and talking, and uh, 
give me perception checks, both of you guys. This will be interesting. And, I, and I'd be sure to tell him that I heard something growl in that room. Mm, got a 19. All right, good. I assume nobody minds if I take the one. 23. 23. Okay. Um, as you guys are uh, standing there quietly talking and, and looking, you know, Donk's telling you, I uh, heard something snarl back there in the back. It kind of echoed around because it's a big cavern. Man, there's these huge mushrooms that glow. You hear a, a, a dragging sound and then like a rush of air, like a, oh, 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 and then silence. But you didn't see anything in the doorway. So I put that body where we could intentionally see it. Now you say you threw it yeah. in the hole. Yeah, well, the hole in the wall. I yeah, tri- yeah, okay. yeah. Well, what's going on there, donkey? And, you, uh, you fishing? That was kind of the point. I was I was putting it in there to see what was in there. Well, like I said, you, you heard the dragging sound, and you saw the bottom toes of the kobold pulled out of sight, and then you heard a whoosh, whoosh, and then silence. I share this with the group. Get the feeling this our baby looks like a dragon. You could always try again. Th- there are more bodies. While they're doing that and um, Donk's getting treated, Bridger's going to take like one of the crossbow bolts or something, and he's going to cast light on it and toss it down the big hole to see what's down there. The the one in the main room there, not on the ledge. Yeah, the the big one. Um, you see a bunch of uh, fish bones, uh, some more uh, like garbage crates. Uh, you see a a body that's very decomposed, probably a kobold. You're thinking, but it's it's pretty much bones and just skin. Doesn't look like a good place to be. <laughs> oh, cool. You want to use that one? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> so. What would everybody like to do? The uh, the rogues are both like, hey man, something drug that kobold out of sight, and then we heard a whoosh, whoosh sound. Nat would like to draw her bow and look at the others and smile. So, you little front meat suits, you want to go ahead and start this off by going ahead? Suits? Uh, meat? Well, none of the meat I get, but talking the suits. about this meat? With suits. That's a part through me. Uh, what she's referring to is the fact that your meat surrounds, like, a bones and stuff, and then, like, your brain is inside, so, like, really who you are and your personality is in your brain, nice. and you pile it around, a, a, like, a, a mech that's covered in meat, uh, but it's like a bone golem covered in meat and stuff. It, it's a weird analogy, but, like... Well, that and, uh... Meat suit. With you guys in the front, I don't get hit, so I'm good with that. Oh, so more like a meat shield. I, I don't use shields. <laughs> Do you wear a suit? Sometimes. Oh. Special occasions. Oh. Black tie events. <laughs> so pretty much there's just like this naked fairy running around on the back of a corgi. <laughs> well, you can't That's really... I got in my head, yeah. You can't really tell because she's glowing all the time. So I'm, I'm thinking the light covers all the... NC-17 bits. <laughs> yeah. All the details. I'm wondering right. why you think, like, oh, she's not wearing a formal suit, so she must be naked. Like, there's nothing in between those two things. It's a, Absolutely. It's a binary solution. <laughs> Including what his character is currently wearing. Uh, what do we do with the hat? Well, I think we should give it to the naked fairy, apparently. Uh, obviously. <laughs> what day, what, why don't we give it to the dog? <laughs> yeah. We're going to find out the, uh, the actual clothing situation of Nat. Um, if it's all in, in Donk's uh, perverted little goblin head, or if she actually does wear clothes under her garb of light. But we'll find that out next time on Shield Bash. Thank you, everybody. Bye! <laughs>
Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and the Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at Shield Bash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shield Bash. Bumper music provided by Lee Rosevere. Other artists can be found in the episode description. Troubles in Otari, Abomination Vaults, Serpent Skull, and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com. You're, you're a bridger with a ladder. Jason, could you talk in your mic, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting for that forever. Yeah, it took him three years to hit you with it. Oh, jeez. Uh, for everybody at home, uh, Jason said. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's okay. Nobody will hear this. I'll cut it all out. <laughs>